If you want to protect your property and valuables, one of the most tried and proved methods is to build a wall around it. We put fences and walls up to protect our homes and property lines. Countries will put walls up to protect their national borders. The Great Wall of China protected its borders for thousands of years. And the Royal Canadian Mint in Ottawa is surrounded by a wrought iron fence to protect all the currency and the wealth that's stored there. Well, in Palestine in Jesus' day, one of the most valuable commodities was sheep or livestock. And because this livestock was so valuable, it had to be protected. And one of the ways to protect this kind of property was to use the, the walls of a sheep pen. Now, a sheep pen basically served as a barn with no roof on it. After the sheep had spent the day out grazing in the pasture, the shepherds would then guide them back into the sheep pen for safekeeping during the night. Each sheep pen would typically, typically hold several different flocks of sheep. And so then in the morning, each shepherd would come and, and gather his flock and once again lead them back out to pasture. Well, Jesus uses this picture of a sheep pen to teach his original audience and still us today a lesson. Jesus tells us, I am the gate for the sheep pen. Now, the gate on a sheep pen would serve two main purposes. First of all, it would let the true shepherds in. But if the shepherd rejected the door, if he rejected the gate, or in this parable, if they rejected Jesus, well, then they had no right to the flock. And secondly, the gate would be the means through which the sheep could access, could get into the security of that flock. The sheep that used that door would have the peace and security of, of being in that sheep pen. Well, our gospel lesson for this morning, this third I am statement of Jesus that we're taking a look at, shows us the exclusivity of the Christian message. Jesus tells us, I am the door, and there is no other, because I am the Savior, and there is no other. Now, the typical sheep pen would be completely surrounded by walls, except for that one door or gate. And so the only way that anyone or anything could get in or out of the sheep pen was either by climbing over the wall or by simply using the door. And so to make sure that nothing got in or out of that sheep pen that wasn't supposed to, oftentimes a shepherd or, or maybe a hired watchman would stand guard in that gate. And so if you were a shepherd coming to gather your sheep in the morning, obviously you would use that door, right? You would walk up to the door and the watchman would recognize you and let you in to your sheep. If there was a door there, why would you climb over the wall? But if you were that watchman and you saw a shadowy figure climbing over the wall in the far side of the sheep pen, obviously you would know that that was a thief, that was a robber. Like if you saw someone climbing over that fence in front of the Royal Canadian Mint, only a fool and a horrible security guard would think, well, that's just an employee who got bored of using the main gate. Right? Obviously, you would use the front door, and anybody that wasn't was a thief and a robber. By the way the person would enter the sheep pen, you could tell the intentions of that person. If they used the gates, they were a shepherd, coming to lead out the sheep that were rightfully his. But if they climbed over that wall, they were a thief and a robber, coming to steal and to harm the sheep. 
Well, Jesus was telling this parable after the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They already decided that anybody who claimed Jesus was the Christ, anybody who acknowledged Jesus to be the promised Savior, they said that person would be kicked out of the synagogue for good. These Pharisees and teachers of the law, they rejected the gate. They outright and openly rejected it because they outright and openly rejected Christ. While they claimed to be the true shepherds of Israel, they claimed to be the the faithful shepherds of, of God's flock, but in reality, they rejected the door. They had no rights to those sheep. They came, as Jesus tells us, only to steal and kill and destroy. They were killing and destroying the flock because they were teaching their own made-up laws and regulations. They were denying Christ, and they said, the way to be saved is by following these laws. Keep these laws good enough, and then you will be saved. They were not looking out for what was best for the sheep. They were ruling and shepherding the people through fear and intimidation, not through the truth of God's word. And still today, we can recognize the thieves and the robbers from the true shepherds. The thieves and robbers are anyone who deny Christ as the only and full way to salvation. They reject the door. And the true shepherds then, well, they are all pastors and Sunday school teachers, leaders in the church, soccer camp coaches, and really all people who teach and share Christ with other people. They use the door. They proclaim Christ. They proclaim Christ as the only way to be saved. And so we can tell who the true shepherds are by whether or not they use the door. But we can also tell by their voice. Jesus mentions the voice of the shepherds again and again in this text. Jesus tells us, The sheep follow the true shepherd because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The true shepherds are followed only because the sheep recognize their voice. And the sheep recognize their voice because the true shepherds are proclaiming God's word in truth and purity. They do not lead the sheep by their own words, but by God's words. So then, who are those thieves and robbers that break into the pen today? Well, salvation in Christ alone, that's foolishness to the world. So people will come up with anyone or anything else. They will deny the authority of God's word and and make up their own teachings, just as those Pharisees had done. Even our own human reasoning and logic, it will guide us in the wrong direction. Because our reasoning tells us that we have to earn salvation. In fact, even many people who who call themselves Christians, who claim to be followers of Christ, many of them will still tell you that you have to lead a good life in order to earn heaven. So these these false teachers, they're still around today, and we can still recognize them. And there is no shortage of strange philosophies and, and teachings still floating around. I had a coworker of mine once tell me that in order for a soul to get into heaven, it first had to recognize that it was dead. And until then, he said it would just kind of float around like a, a ghost or something. And now, salvation through becoming consciously aware that we are dead, that was a new teaching to me. 
And so I asked him well, where he heard that from, where he came up with this belief. And he said, oh, well, I saw it in a movie once. And people will follow anything. If they're not shepherded by a church, if, if they are not guided by God's word, then people will follow anything. Even if it's something as foolish as a movie, a movie that's only meant to entertain us. So what shepherds us? What do we allow to fill our minds more? The truth of God's word, the truth and direction that God's word gives us, or what the world says is the way to salvation and happiness? What do we spend more time in God's word so that we can distinguish between the thieves and the robbers? Or do we listen more to those strange teachings and philosophies and, and ethics of the world? Do we listen to those more just because that's what's on our television and that's what we see on our computer screens? Do these things surround us and fill our minds so much to the extent that now we begin to lose sight of that door? By our nature, we're sheep that love to wander. And so if you think you're strong enough that you would never fall for the tempting voice of those thieves and robbers who come to steal and harm us, if you think you would never fall for their, for their false teachings, well, then your arrogance could lead to your downfall. Because I'm guessing we all know sheep who have been robbed from God's flock. Maybe the thief was a, a, a teacher or professor or, or a book that told them something that seemed more intellectual to them. Something that, that offered them more reason. It made more sense to them than what God's word actually said. Or maybe that thief was some other influence in their life. Maybe it was something of the world that, that offered instant gratification. It was something that could offer them happiness in another way. Well, how many sheep have been robbed just from this flock here at Cross of Life over the years? Without a, a shepherd to guide us, that would happen to all of us. We need to be shepherded. We need to be shepherded by pastors and teachers here at church we need to be shepherded in our homes by devotions that truthfully proclaim God's word. Even those who are shepherds to other people need to be shepherded. We all need it. And we all need to be in God's word. We need to be in God's word so that we can recognize false teachings when we hear them. And we need to be in God's word so that we can hear the voice of, of God calling to us and speaking to us through it. We need, as sheep, we need to hear our shepherd's voice. Well, against all these false teachings, Jesus tells us, I am the door. Jesus says, I am the door and there is no other. And we need to remember that truth in a world that will promote this religious pluralism. Right? The world offers this whole smorgasbord of different religions. And you don't even have to pick just one. It's perfectly acceptable to just pick and choose from each one. Just pick what you want and believe that. The world says, well, every religion, that has something good to offer, right? But not every religion is as good as the next. They are not all just simply different paths to the same heaven. No, there is one way to heaven, and there are many different paths to hell. And Jesus tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the Apostle Peter, who heard Jesus say these words, later boldly echoed them, saying, Salvation is found in no one else. Well, there was another sheep gate that Jesus' audience would have been familiar with. In the ancient walls of Jerusalem, there was another wall, or another gate into that city, 
a gate which the sheep and the livestock could be brought in. This gate was actually, in fact, it was called the Sheep Gate. Now, this Sheep Gate was far different from the gates of the Sheep Pen. That, that gate of the Sheep Pen, that kind of brings a, a peaceful scene to our minds, doesn't it? Maybe you picture the, the shepherds leading their, their sheep back into the safety of that pen at dusk. Or maybe you picture the shepherds coming again in the morning and, and leading their flock, gathering their flock, and taking them back out to the peaceful pasture. But that sheep gate in the city wall of Jerusalem, that was a one-way gate. Once the sheep came in there, they would not be coming back out. And the sheep were not gently led through this gate. They were forced through because the sheep were being led to their death. Once they were inside the city, two sheep every day would be taken to the temple where they would be sacrificed upon the altar. Well, Jesus came to willingly and to lovingly walk through that gate for us. He was a lamb who was led to the altar of his cross to give himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He, he came to, to walk through that gate that led to the death and the punishment that our sins deserve. He did this so that we could walk through the gate that leads to life and salvation. He did this for us. He, he took those sins upon himself. And, and his blood and death did for us what all the, the blood of those sheep and lambs before him could not. Only the innocent death and the precious blood of the Holy Lamb of God was payment high enough that it could possibly remove the sins of all people. Only Christ's death, only the death of the Holy Son of God, could atone for the sins of the whole world. Christ came and he walked through that gate for us. We have nowhere else we need to turn to. There's, there's no sacrifice that we need to make or even could make. It's all been done for us by Christ there at the cross. Jesus tells us, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus didn't come so that we could have a, a decent life. He didn't come so that we could have a life that's slightly above average. Well, Christ came so that we could have a full life. Or another way of translating that word is, is abundant or overflowing. Christ came to give us a life that is overflowing with God's grace because every one of our sins is forgiven. He came to give us a life that is overflowing with joy because heaven is waiting for us. Christ came to give us a life that is overflowing with peace because our sins no longer separate us from our loving God. There was a family who came back home after a long day out shopping and catching a movie. And when they walked up to the front door of the house, the father realized that he didn't have his house keys on him. Somewhere along the way during the day, he had lost them. And so they, they searched the van frantically, but to no avail. And so the father began trying to figure out another way that, that they could get into the house, the locked house. And he saw that up on the second story, there was a window that was left cracked open. And so he figured, well, if he would let his son stand on his shoulders, then maybe he could pull himself up onto the roof. And then he could walk over to the window, uh, remove the screen, crawl through the window, and then simply come down and unlock the front door so the rest of the family could get in. And so the father began trying to boost his son up onto the roof while the mother was looking away disapprovingly of this plan. And the youngest daughter began tugging on, on her father's shirt 
trying to get his attention. And, and the father said to her, Just a second, Daddy's busy right now. I can help you when we get back in the house. But the little girl insisted, But I have something to tell you. And now, scolding her a little bit, he said, I'm very busy right now. I can help you when we get back inside. And so finally, the, the long and perhaps a little dangerous plan was carried out, and they were all back inside the house. And so finally, the father looked at his daughter and said, Now, what was it that you needed to tell me? And she said, Well, remember before we left, you asked me to shut and lock the back sliding door? Yeah, I remember, he said. Well, I just wanted to tell you that I forgot to do that. And they both looked at the wide open door. But we have a door that's wide open to us too. We have a door that's wide open to us in our Savior. But so many people, they fail to see that door. They, they fail to see it or they just outright ignore it. We have no reason to look for life and salvation through any other way. We have no reason to listen to those voices of those thieves and robbers because they come to destroy life. Christ came to bring us life. He came to bring us into the safety and the security of that sheep pen. Christ came so that we could have life. And so don't ignore the voice of your Savior calling to you in these verses. The door is open. Use the door. Use me. Seek salvation through me and you will have life, eternal life, and you will have it to the full. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.